fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Yes, it is the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, we are, let's see, it's episode 384, this time around, Stone Cold. And I'm going to say right off the bat here, this is an extra special bonus episode. Uh, Stone Cold, shockingly, was not on our list of movies to do <laughs> for ni- 1991. But through the through the kind and persistent cajoling of one Jason Colvin, um, and the fact that I wanted to try to reach two thousand followers on Twitter, um, and ultimately we did. Uh, that was my promise: was if we broke the two thousand followers mark, that we would do Stone Cold as a bonus episode before the end of this year. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Yay! We're doing Stone Cold. So, so John, thank I think you. we need to. Uh, yes, thank you. But first of all, I, I think it also we need to. I think we need to be honest as an organization. We need to have an internal review. How was this movie not on our list? Any of our lists? <laughs> like how did how did we miss this one? You know what I'm saying? Well, I I'll, I'll let you guys here. We'll we'll introduce ourselves, and uh, while you're introducing yourselves, I'll go through and I'm going to pull up our sheet that we usually use for voting, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look real fast. And just see, because I'm curious to know how many votes this one got uh, back I, well, when, we, I, when I send all those I didn't out. Know, well, here's the thing. I didn't know anything about it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, like, I, this was And this I hadn't seen it before new. either. So. so, again, I mean, and I'm not calling anyone out. It's just mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a flaw in the system. How did it get through? You know what I'm saying? A glitch in the matrix, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can pull this one up here real fast. Uh, go, let's go ahead and introduce yourselves. First of all, Jason, uh, we managed we we have you um, we have you coming on a little bit later this month for one of our Patreon episodes where we're going to talk about It's a Wonderful Life because you had not seen it up until very recently. Um, so we're bringing you on for that one for a a kind of fresh take on. Uh, I am excited to tell you what I think about that movie. Yeah, as a first time viewer, like a week and a half ago. Yeah, so cool. So yeah, that'll, that'll be, be fun. A lot of fun. We've also got we've also got with us. Did you, thank you, Bo. You looked it up for me. Oh, I see you on the document there. Uh, it got zero votes from everybody. It got zero votes, but I'm a voter. I would have voted for that. Something is wrong it. in the system. It got zero votes from from uh, from us. From it, the hosts. Oh, okay. It did get one vote from listeners. I, I'm guessing that was you. I'm yes, guessing that was Jason. That was me, hundred <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. 
Derek Thank you went, for being a man of your word, John. <laughs> hey, yeah, there you go. I, How did when you it comes when it comes to voting on whether or not we should watch this one as part of our our lineup of movies, much like the Highlander, there can be only one, <laughs> and there was only one vote. But, but that's curi- why we're here. <laughs> I'm curious. How did the 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 Instagram Twitter sphere challenge go to where we needed this many followers? And like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how did that become a thing? Well, I just, we had been sitting at like a certain number of I don't know. There's like some magic magic potion to mm-hmm. uh breaking certain milestones on your twitter followers and um sure. you know and, and i've never been one of those people that's like i gotta have followers gotta have followers gotta have the followers i like yeah that's fine whatever um but i always i kept thinking you know what we've been sitting at like 1900 and whatever uh for a good stretch of time i was like i, I would really like to you know let's break that 2000 mark that would be just kind of fun to say we broke that 2000 follower mark and um, there'd been a couple things over the years that I'd done to kind of bump up and, and maybe get us some more followers. And I think we right. had some giveaways and done some other stuff. And, and so this time I was like, Hey, if we can get over 2000 followers, we'll do a bonus episode. And then I think Jason chimed in. He's like, you should do stone cold. Gotcha. <laughs> I, like, gotcha. I, I, I think he was just waiting in the wings there until I said something like, well, we'll do a bonus episode. Stone cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we are currently sitting at 2081 followers. So that's fun. Well, there it is. And that's, I'm glad as, we're doing this movie the, uh, because as the greatest generation guys would say that's big fun. That's big fun and this would have been a glaring oversight. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, and see that's why I I'm trying to when we do our movies like so we'll pull back the curtain a little bit for the listeners. Um when we pick our movies for the year, I mean part of it is we I get that list of like as many of the big movies as you can think of that came out that year, I think we end up having like 130 some, 140 some to kind of mm-hmm. choose from. And then what I tend to do is I tend to kind of look at those and go, all right, I am going to, I'm definitely going to include, um, the way I get to that number is I include all the movies that made, what was it? At least, I think the first round is any movie that made over $10 million in the box office. I'm going to include that in the list. And I think that gets us, you know, that gets us a decent portion of the list. And then from there, I'll start go go to like some websites and things like that and check out, you know, like what are some, uh, you know, what are some underrated movies of 1991 that we should check out? And so if it's like some that made, you know, three bucks in the box office, but it's considered a cult classic or, you know, an art film that, you know, is a really great movie, but it didn't make any money, then I'll start to throw some of those in. And then Mm -hmm. if there's one or two movies that I'm just like, I don't think anybody's ever seen this, but I remember it when I was a kid and it is stupid fun. Then -hmm. I'll throw those in there too. Got it. And uh, then that's when I unleash the list every year to, you know, have us start voting and then you know send it out to listeners and and let them start voting on it too. And um, oddly enough, I I start to get excited for this kind of stuff in July of every year. So that's usually Mm -hmm. when I make this list (laughs) way, way, way before we get to the next year. Um, right, but that's so that's kind of the that's kind of the process behind making our list, checking it twice, and and uh, and I'll I'll give it even further behind the scenes look uh, for this upcoming year, and uh, I, I really don't care what anybody else thinks about this, but um, I want to say that Alien Three might have only gotten one vote as well, mm-hmm. but you know what? It was my vote, so we're doing it. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh... So that's uh, that that one, right. That one will definitely be in there. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's one of the prerogatives of the host of the show is that when right. you are the host and doing all the editing, you get to do stuff like that. Hold on. Now, now, now only I'm way to stay sane. I'm now curious. Did Alien 3 only get one vote? I actually, it got, it got my, no, wait, hold on. Yes, it got my vote and one listener vote. So we did oh, have one. Yeah. Oh, did you vote for it? Nice. Yeah, heck yeah, dude. Okay, I want to hear you Jason's defend. I want to hear you defend it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, he's been ready for years. Oh. <laughs> I've I've been defending this movie for years, and my my soul is prepared. I almost walked out in the first five minutes. Did you? Okay. It, it took a dump on Aliens, which is my favorite, yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. So okay. I'll be anxious to hear. Okay, yeah. So no, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Good. Battle right. lines are being drawn, man. Well, we we <laughs> didn't come here for Alien Three. I mean, I'm I'm fine to talk about it if you guys want to, but we came here for Stone Cold, uh, yes. which in some ways is just as crazy. Um, yes. And the moment I started watching this one, Pat, because I I knew nothing about this movie, um, and the moment I started watching this, I think I got like five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I very quickly went back to look at the writing credits and I was like, is there a Kanagalo listed in the writing credits? Or at least maybe like a story treatment, like a first draft story treatment. Is it does it say Kanagalo anywhere? And I don't, oh, I don't man. see it. Um Pat, I feel like I feel like somebody looked inside your brain. Yeah, and and they looked Cracked and behold, open like a coconut. <laughs> and they and they looked and behold, and they saw um, there was Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Can't I could disagree that. with that uh, evaluation of the situation. And, and and the seven angels with the seven lampstands were standing there, and they all looked like Brian Bosworth, <laughs> <laughs> with with that long flowing blonde mullet hair. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sorry. The two tone mullet hair. Oh man. All right. Well, we gotta get, we gotta get this one pretty quickly here. So, spoiler alert. We're gonna spoil. We talk freely. Uh, we are also a part of the Scene Stealers Podcast Network, and this episode is sponsored by Scene Stealers International Convention Agent. Uh, they have got a top class roster of movie and TV stars. If you are booking anybody for a Comic Con or some kind of event, um, they got a bunch of people from '80s movies, uh, a bunch of Cobra Kai folks. Um, bunch of different celebrities uh, so if you need somebody for your special event or if you just kind of want to check them out um uh, i know that they are they do a lot of conventions over in the uk and in scotland and, and kind of in that area um but i mean these are all celebrities that can be booked for american events as well um most of them are american celebrities um so go check them out. They're at scenestealersglobal.com. And then you can also check out our website, 30andthewordpodcast.com. You can leave a rating for the show, leave a voicemail. You can become a co-executive producer via Patreon and get access to all those great bonus episodes that we put out once a month for our Patreon subscribers. There's other benefits, too, where you can hop on an episode with us. Um, you can tell us what we're going to watch. You can find a movie that you think Pat is really going to hate and demand that he watch it. Like, I don't know, like a home alone or something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, Pearl, I, Pearl Harbor is probably coming up not too long from now within the next few years. So, Oh, I'm ready to review the heck out of Pearl Harbor. I bet you are. I've got the, you know what? I think I have the, the, uh, the bleep button ready to go too for that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got it. I'll, I'll test it. Yep. There it is. Okay. So that's going to be the Pat 
describing his feelings about Pearl Harbor sound effect. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. But I dug Point Break. So John was the one that hated Point Break. I liked Point Break. Oh, with a passion. It's it's <laughs> uh, my least favorite movie I've ever seen. I cannot stand. That's not true. I loved it. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I know. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I don't think there's much else to say, except we got to get into Stone Cold here because, yes. uh, Pat, I, I'm really curious to hear all of the, like, just not even words that you're going to say about this movie. It was outstanding, man. I, I'm, I'm just curious what noises you're going to make related to this movie, because I'm not sure it's going to be complete sentences. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying this to hear was, what Pat thinks. I'm, I'm picturing a conversation I had with my teenage son earlier today, and it went a little something like this. It was he, he walked into the kitchen, and he just started talking, and he said, so, Dad, can we? Well, but then I, the, never mind, I take it back. And I'm like, well, hold on. You didn't even finish a word, much less a sentence. So you can't take back something you never said. You got to finish the. Oh, oh yeah. I guess I didn't say anything, did I? Yeah, no, you didn't. So, so I'm kind of wondering if if that's how this is going to go. So I'm really curious to hear what you got to say, Pat. Yeah, man. No. Um, but Jason, excited that you are here with us. We got Bo here with us tonight. So Bo, it's really good to have you yep. back. I know you've been out for quite a while and uh, just dealing with. Uh, life uh, found a way to get in the way, and we're glad to have you back. Glad to be here. Oh. Uh, Jason, real quick, why don't you tell us um, where can everybody find you? Because you've got you got a couple things going on there. Yes, me and my best buddy D Graves. We are the co-host of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course all your podcast apps. We are doing right now. We're comparing. Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Boys to Run DMC's Raising Hell album. Two albums re reaching their 35th anniversary this year. We're super excited about that. Then we're going to have a Christmas story versus Home Alone. And then at the beginning of next year, uh, we're going to do, I know Pat's excited, Batman 89 versus The Dark Knight. And we'll probably mix in a review of The Batman. So oh, nice. That would we got be some awesome. cool stuff coming up, I think. So. That'd and I want to awesome. say, I, I want to say in not too long, don't we have the new season of uh, Superman and Lois coming out? January 11th, right? Yeah. Yep. So we're going to, we're going to be firing back up the podcast full of Woo! kryptonite. Podcast full of kryptonite. We, what a great time to pump it up. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, I think we had very ambitious plans to be like, yeah, we're going to do Superman and Lois. And then after that, we're going to do like all these other Superman things. And then the fall hit and it was like. All right, see you guys in January. <laughs> Sorry, man. I feel like we let you down no. there. Oh no, no, no. That was that was also me. It was like, hmm, do we do two podcasts a week? Um, let's say no. Yeah, I want to <laughs> stay just, married. We'll, we'll do right. <laughs> we'll do some. We'll do some special stuff. But uh, yeah, so I think coming up uh, January 11th is when the new season starts. So we'll be let's we'll go. Be, we'll be back at it in January. Good grief! After that first season, I'm I'm really looking forward to the second season, seeing what they do. Me too, man. Me too. All kinds of good stuff. All right, our movie this time around is Stone Cold, released on the 17th of May, 1991, rated R with a runtime of one hour and 32 minutes. Directed by Craig R. Baxley, who also did Action Jackson and Dark Angel, uh, not the Dark Angel with um, uh, what was her name? The TV show. Jessica Alba. Yes, Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. Mm -hmm. 
majors. You guys, you guys answered that really fast. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I had a friend in college that was like, you know, I was always, it was like, guys, it's Wednesday night. I got to get home for Smallville. And then on whatever night that one was on, he was like, guys, we got to get home. I'm like, why? Because Jessica Alba. <laughs> I was, he's not I was wrong like, I was like you know the show is not called Jessica Alba he's like, but, but I think it might is might as well have been <laughs> right so alright to each their own that's fine um, that would be like if there was a Monica Bellucci show yes uh-huh. I couldn't get the mute button off in time yes and, <laughs> I am a full proponent I am uh-huh. a full proponent of that show uh huh yeah fictionalized or otherwise i figured you would be um producers on this one were yoram ben ami uh rick bieber mosh diamant and mace newfeld uh ben ami did jury duty bieber did flatliners diamant did time cop and newfeld did the sum of all fears i usually don't uh jump in when you're in the middle here but uh I did read an interesting bit of trivia about the producing situation of this film. Yeah, go for it. Michael Douglas is an ex- was an executive producer, but received no credit according to his wishes. I read that as well. I was like, huh. All right. He doesn't want to be involved with a spectacular, crabtastic movie of this epic proportion. Exactly. The motorcycles were just too much for him. That's the way I look at it. Which, on that note, his production company is like, it's like called Stone Productions or something like that. And so I was thinking, you know, Stone Cold, Stone Productions. No, that comes from Romancing the Stone. Right. So. But But I like your thought. I'm in. It's a lot more fun (laughs) if it's from Stone Cold. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that one better, actually. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Writer on this one was Walter Doniger who died in 2011, did Rope of Sand and Kentucky Woman. Cinematography was done by Alexander Grzynski, who did The Craft, Tremors, and 54. Uh, we were actually um, comparing stories the other day of movies that we didn't think our parent we weren't quite old enough to go to, or we didn't think that our parents would want us to go to. And my sister was like, yeah, Scream was the first movie I ever snuck into. It was the first R-rated movie I ever snuck into. I said, you know what? I think mine was actually The Craft. So they were all like around roughly the same time, semi, you know, semi related. Um, editors for this one Larry Bach, Mark Helfrich, and Edward A. Warshilka. Bach did editing for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Helfrich did Rush Hour movies, and Warshilka did Big Trouble in Little China. Music was done by Sylvester LeVay, who did Cobra. So there's your connection. I, I was I was half expecting at the beginning of this movie, especially because it was happening in a supermarket, to then have a scene later on where like he would be cutting a pie with a pair of scissors or something like that. And it just I was a little disappointed it didn't happen, but it's okay. Um, I'm a little sad that Dennis isn't here because I did also want to point out that Sylvester LeVay, who did the music, did the music for Cobra, for Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. and was also featured on Howard the Duck. Oh, see? One of Dennis's and favorites. So, I'm so sad. <laughs> Yeah, forget about it. And was, then it I, was it the duck boobs? I, I don't remember. I remember. <laughs> He's just going to walk out. He I just remember. <laughs> Dennis is walking out. Dennis is leaving the podcast. Bye, Dennis. So sad that Dennis missed me mentioning Howard the Duck. I feel like such a boob.
Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hi, Dennis. We love you. Uh, <laughs> budget for this one was twenty-five million. Box office was nine point one million. So slightly missing the mark of making back their money. But you know, I I feel like it was probably money well spent. Uh, after having watched the movie, if that's what it takes to blow up some motorcycles and helicopters, why not? Let's do it. Why not? And frankly, I'd <laughs> frankly I'd pay that much just to have Lance Henriksen in any movie that I made anyway. So I'm just saying, can we just jump ahead to favorite scenes where he shoves <laughs> helicopters? <laughs> Pat, don't worry. I mean, that's going to be my first question for you, just so you can get it out of the way, because I don't want you to explode or anything. Okay, that sounds okay. good. Or partially explode. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Flick Metrics gives this one a 57%, so not quite the same appreciation we might have for it. Uh, yeah. And Cinema Score, Cinema Score gives it a B plus. Yeah. B plus. Yeah, there you Above go. Average. B, B plus yeah. is good. So, uh, you know, the people that went to go see it, they knew what they were getting themselves into, and they, they gave that movie a B plus. So. And the 57% of the people that, like, didn't like it were, like, the significant others that felt dragged along. That's Those are the critics that, uh, you know, it's a, a bunch of people with sticks up their butts. <laughs> Who put the sticks up their butts and why would you do that? It seems, it seems they, cruel. They can't appreciate the, you know, shooting a motorcycle from a Capitol building into a helicopter and exploding. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, man. This movie is starring the Boz, Brian Bosworth. Uh, as Joe Huff slash John Stone, he was in Three Kings and The Longest Yard. Lance Henriksen plays Chains Cooper. He was in Aliens and Near Dark. William Forsyth plays Ice. He was in Raising Arizona and Dick Tracy. What we're trying to say is the institution no longer had anything to offer us. Um, <laughs> Arabella Holzbog played Nancy. She was in Bad News Bears and the TV series Alias. Sam McMurray played Lance. He was in Raising Arizona and L.A. Story. Richard Gant played Cunningham. He was in Jason Goes to Hell and The Big Lebowski. Paolo Toca played the Bolivian. He was in Predator 2 and Bloodsport. David Tress played Brent Whipperton, who was in Dallas and Zandu. Brent Whipperton is just a fun name. Like, mm -hmm. very pretentious names uh, of the FBI agents and and uh, politicians in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a street smart cop goes undercover to infiltrate and bring to justice a ruthless motorcycle gang before they can carry out their plans of tyranny and murder. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Bosworth. You know, all my life people have had the wrong idea about me. I don't like cops who make up the rules as they go. They say I push things just a little too far. <laughs> accuse me of being insensitive <laughs> they basically say that i lack the ability to get along with others so just to prove these people wrong i decided to join a very exclusive and private club oh yes it's very plush and the membership very select and games <laughs> we play some games A perfect place for me, wouldn't you think? You just put up the wrong passenger, buddy! <laughs> I 
Dr. Brian Bosworth requests the pleasure of your company. Stone Cold. All right. One of the things I just love about that trailer is is just how it completely is is trying to bait and switch you the other way. It starts with like the very fancy, very nice music, and it's just it's kind of almost like interview style. So then, Brian Bosworth. Yep. So. Yep. Um, so before we get started in on the movie, why don't uh, so Jason, you can probably give us a little bit of the background on the Boz and kind of his his story because that's that's near and dear to you and, and you're part of the country there. So it is. Uh, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about the Boz. Okay, so Brian Bosworth, for those who don't really remember, was a spectacular college football player and and one of the best linebackers collegiately. Uh, of all time. He won the Buckus Awards twice. Uh, he won the national championship. So for those who don't know, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right now I'm broadcasting about two miles from the football stadium, the university of Oklahoma. Um, so I'm a big OU fan. He, like I said, won the Buckus Award twice, uh, won a national championship with OU in 85 and became this larger than life football personality and was the hero for just about every kid my age in Oklahoma. Uh, in fact, my football team, uh, after school, you know, as junior high teams do, you play a game at 4.30, and so they release these kids to run around the school and terrorize everybody, and just, you know, go away for two hours and then come back for the game. So we all walked from our school into the small town of Jinx that was – a mile or so away. And a lot of guys got Boz haircuts. And the only reason why I didn't is because I was, you know, the 25th guy in line for, you know, they only got 20 guys through. Well, both of my coaches, one was a university of Iowa graduate and the other was a Texas A&M graduate. And they did not care for this brand of brash football personality. That was Brian Bosworth. Um, so, he, he, I think he finished fourth for the Heisman in 86. I mean, he was unbelievable as a football player, uh, but he was an even better marketer. He was this outlandish personality. He had this crazy flat top slash mullet slash cut stripes in the side and color them um, in his hair. And then he was just, he was just awesome. We all wanted to be him and he didn't quite have the pro football career, that most people thought or wanted him to have, but uh, collegiately we thought he was the most amazing thing we'd ever seen. Cool. Yeah. So then after kind of after his NFL career didn't really take off the way he had hoped it would. And the way I think people were thinking it would, um, he decided to hop on over to movies and, and try his, try his hat at that. And um, this, I believe is his first movie role. I don't think he had any others before this one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So first movie role and and you know obviously this is you've got other uh, and, and this will actually be kind of related to one of our three questions we're going to tackle later on uh, towards the end of the episode but um, you've got quite a few athletes turned actors um, that you know kind of end up in similar type roles you know obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder and ended up in things like The Terminator and Conan and and stuff like that and you know you had other people like Carl Weathers. Um, I believe had been in the NFL. Um, I know he played college. I think he had been in the NFL as well. And, uh, you know, obviously he's in the Rocky movies. And so especially some of these bigger guys, 
um, you know, they they make the move over to action films, and a lot of times they're not necessarily known for their acting chops. Uh, so it kind of it kind of ends up being the like B movie action films, you know, the kind that you're going to see late at night in between infomercials um, and and that kind of stuff. And uh, and and I think that's kind of what we end up getting here with Stone Cold is you've got a movie that it almost feels very much like you know we did a whole little little run of movies in our late '80s years uh, from Canon Films, and if Canon Films was still around, I feel like this definitely would have been this, this has got Canon Film material written all over it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for my man just for just a second before we you know proceed to the movie, but. Uh, okay, so he's not the world's greatest actor, but for me, after seeing him tear the heads off of running backs left and right for three years at OU, I did buy him as the tough guy in the pit against some of these guys. His, I mean, he's broad-shouldered. He's got a thick neck. He's got muscles everywhere. He's a tough guy. So um, some of the fight scenes, and you know, I mean – I, I bought him as a big, tough, beefy, tough guy. Yeah, yeah. it works. No. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right from the very get-go in this movie, um, I was getting serious Cobra vibes. Oh yeah. It, I mean, the, partly the fact you know it starts in a starts in a supermarket, and you've got kind of, and I, I love his just like he's just there shopping. Like it's not he's he's not there as part of a sting operation. He's not there in his capacity as as an officer of the law. He's just getting some groceries, and these guys just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's reading magazines. He's picking up stuff as he's chasing the bad guy. He's not even really chasing him. He's just yeah leisurely walking down the aisles. Yeah, and yeah. all he needed to do was say. You're the disease and I'm the cure. And it'd been exactly Cobra, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What did he say when the guy pulled the gun on him? Dude, I'll pay for it. Or something like that, right? Because isn't it <laughs> the cookies or the crackers or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. This movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, I think it's a if you take Cobra and you take Tango and Cash and you take Roadhouse and you put them in a blender. And you add a little bit of, you know, you know, cheese. Add the boss. <laughs> add the boss. Blend it up, and that's what you get. Yeah, I I definitely felt, especially at the beginning, I was feeling a lot of Roadhouse vibes. Like it was just the, I don't even know if it was the music. Maybe maybe Pat can weigh in a little bit on that, but there was something about the tenor of the movie that made me feel roadhouse at a couple of points. And I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it just, it, it screams eighties action movie. Yeah. Right. Where everything can be solved by whacking the throttle all the way to the stop by leaning into it. Like at no point in this entire movie, did he seem rattled? At all. Right. Right. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't in the same sense of like the movie Taken where, you know, in Taken, you kind of know what's going to happen in the first five minutes, right? Like, it's just going to be, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn, like whooping up on everybody. And, but that was more of a kind of a darker and a little bit more brooding type thing. This is 
just kind of a lot of fun. It's like, okay, we know that this guy is just going to like tear through everybody. It's just how much fun are we going to have along the way? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's like, and, and that's what I get from it right away. And that, that to me is kind of, when I think back to like, like eighties action movies, that's kind of the, that's kind of the vibe I get. That's what I get, you know, picking up on it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's got, I was going to say the same thing. It's got kind of the eighties action movie vibes to it a little with, dashed in a little bit and not that they weren't violent but i feel like you know the the violence got a little bit more intense as we got into the 90s um Mm -hmm. you know because even like i'm 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 looking at this and i'm thinking okay this is this is 91 and i'm picturing me as a kid around this time this is when i started collecting comic books was as a 11 12 year old kid in 91 92 and that's where like some of my favorite comic book characters that I knew from like the Super Friends cartoon and some of this other stuff, I started discovering comic books. And the first Superman comic that I got around this age that that started me off on, on the whole collection was when Superman had died and come back to life. And when Superman came back to life, he had he had a pretty intense mullet. And, mm-hmm. you know, almost all of the superheroes at that point in time were like they were starting to get long hair. Like everybody had the long hair. Everybody had, you know, characters like the Punisher started to get really big. It was, you know, you had the black trench coat and you're just as much, you're going to gun somebody down just as much as look at them. Um, and even Superman, like a couple of times in the Superman comics, they particularly like took away his powers so that you could have these images of Superman toting like two guns. Like Superman's never going to use a gun, but you've got these images of long haired Superman in a black and silver outfit toting a couple of guns and i'm thinking like that screams 90s action Mm -hmm. it's like everybody's got everybody's got long hair half of them are wearing trench coats everybody's using these massively oversized guns you know for whatever they need and it's it starts to get ultra violent and ultra you know just just crazy um Mm -hmm. and this movie i think kind of it like it, it it starts to get at some of that it's got the fun and the cheesiness of an 80s action movie and and a cop movie um and then you start to throw in the well we're just gonna blow a bunch of crap up here (laughs) like whatever we can blow up we're gonna have guns we're gonna have people dying left and right we're gonna have explosions um let's just if we're gonna do it let's do it right and i feel like that's where maybe they could have made some of their money back on the movie if the 25 million dollar budget hadn't been blowing everything up right but but at the same time then you wouldn't have things blowing up if you didn't throw the budget at that kind of stuff. And, and that's, right. uh, that's part of what helps make the movie. And I'm just going to say setting the tone. And again, John, I'm not sure if we're working chronologically or scattershot or whatever you would prefer. We'll uh, so feel, so feel free to, to edit my car or, or, or tell me to hold off. Should I hold off before I, cause I was going to kind of jump ahead a little bit, but you're, you're assuming I do any editing on this show. <laughs> okay. So, so should I, should I, should I continue? Yeah, I thought we were a stream f- of consciousness by now. Just- oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you give me that, you give me a piece of movie like that. That's like throwing a bloody hunk of meat to the sharks. I mean, it's, right. there's, there's going to be, you know, I, I'm just going to get excited. Any movie where you know, Pat can, oh, Pat can smell a motorcycle from up to 10 miles away. <laughs> That's right. Well, here's what I'm going to say. As I'm watching this movie, like, okay, he gets in the inside and there's the gal there that, okay, he's going to try and rescue, right? Well, 
like all of a sudden she gets shot and it's kind of like, well, that was the girl he was trying to rescue. And there's like no emotion spared. And, <laughs> oh man, we lost her. Oh man. I wish I could have gotten her out. Oh man. Like the big letdown. It's just like, Oh, they got her. That's awful. Yep. Then he's on to the next thing. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. And then he's trying to save. And I keep forgetting the guy's name, whoever the district attorney was that then ran for Whip, governor. Whipper snapper. Whipper, whipper yeah. snapper or, or yeah. wh- whatever. Watumzi or whatever the heck his name was. Doesn't matter. He's up there. And not only does he get shot down, but the entire like Supreme Court. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I was like, (laughs) they get totally like taken out, and it's sort of like, okay, but it's right on, and we keep going, and he still walks out and triumph in the end. So it was like, I don't know what he was trying to prevent, but well, he got the bad guy, so that's okay. That's right. I'm just like, I'm like, okay, we're we're definitely along for the ride on this, and this is awesome. And the best part was the one guy that like they put in there when he did the drug deal for the, whatever the drug was, I, I think it was made up the P2P or whatever it was. Yes. Um, that guy comes in and is like, I want more money. That wasn't part of the deal. Yeah. What? And then all of a sudden he turns around and shoots him to kind of prove that he's a bad guy and everything. Mm-hmm. And the guy's got the bulletproof vest with the like blood packets and everything like that. Yeah. Well, they did that guy up who was like complete, like extra. We'd have no idea who this guy is. We've never seen him before. And then, like, all these other people are getting gunned down, and there were no bulletproof vests and ketchup packets for those guys. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay, clearly, clearly we're supposed to just have fun and watch, uh, you know, watch, watch, our, watch our, our hero, like, take people out. Well, so here's what I read about that. So they, the original director was this guy named Bruce Malmuth. And he came in and he shot for several weeks, used $4 million worth of the budget, and they actually had to fire him. Okay. He had some personal problems. Uh, he actually was the guy who played the referee in the karate kid. That's the guy. So, so they had to fire him. And when they brought in Craig R. Baxley, Craig came in and said, look guys, here I am. I'm not here to jack with the script. I'm just here to kill people and blow crap up. Mm -hmm. And And, And they just said, all right, let's go full throttle. But I mean, along with that same idea, I, I read a story that, you know, so they shot that huge scene at the end of the movie and it's, they actually shot it in the, at the Arkansas state Capitol building, right? They shot it on a Sunday. The government officials knew that they had a permit to shoot in and around the Capitol building, but they had no idea that they're going to ride motorcycles all over their hallways (laughs) on their marble floors no idea that they're going to throw a motorcycle out of a window into a helicopter and blow that helicopter up. And the, the secretary of state in Arkansas got impeached because of the filming of this movie. Oh no. <laughs> if that oh, doesn't no. scream awesome eighties movies, I, I don't know what it does. Okay. Oh my. Oh, whoops. Okay. The dude got impeached. Oh man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, well, in the words of Bill the Butcher, whoopsie daisy. Jeez <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Louise. That's incredible. Wow. Oh wow. God God forgives, but the state of Arkansas does. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
which I got to tell you, it's, and it doesn't even relate to, you know, the, the two movies don't really relate to each other at all. But for some reason, that line, when he said that God forgives, the Brotherhood doesn't, for some mm-hmm. reason, the line that clicked in my head was, hermanos Rodriguez do not approve of drugs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, this is this, this movie is just so much fun. It's just you you have that whole, you know, he's trying to infiltrate the, you know, the white supremacist biker gang um and they've got this whole plan, you know, Chains Cooper is uh, Lance Henriksen is their leader and he is such a good villain. And yeah, even he if, is. you know, and and not that, you know, it's clear that the boss is not an actor, but you know, as a as an action hero, he does just fine as an action hero. He does everything he needs to do as an action hero, but very, very clearly, I mean, that's, you can tell that Lance Henriksen, I mean, first of all, in terms of acting chops, he's the one carrying this movie. Right. Uh, with, with the wrote, acting chops. Didn't he write most of his own dialogue for this? I think he did. I think that's yeah. what I read. I heard that and, they all did. Like they talked about, they would oh, sit yeah. around and say, no, that's, that's silly. That doesn't sound right. And they all just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. I, and, and you know what? It just, you know, him as an actor, you could tell that he was enjoying this part. Like you get not not that anybody's being silly or anything like that, but you could just tell he was enjoying being this villain. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He does a great job. You're right. I mean, and he is him and William Forsyth are the 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 carriers of this movie, so to speak. But just a few short years earlier, he was Bishop and Aliens and he was soft and tender and smart and you liked him and now he's violent and crazy and radical and it works yeah 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 the uh what was the um the district attorney who's running for governor was here if you want a uh if you want the most pretentious name you could possibly have uh brent whipperton yeah, there it is. <laughs> of the uh, Martha's Vineyard Whippertons. Yes, yes. The the Cape Cod Whippertons and the yes. Um, I I bet he has a cousin named Buffy. Oh yeah. <sighs> I I kid because I live in a town where there's people with those names. Yeah, well, um, yeah also true. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah yeah okay. Um, moving on. But uh, I mean, just it's it's so crazy that it's so much fun because yes. they're using I mean, they're using stolen military weapons. You've got a biker gang mm-hmm. that want to knock out a politician. Mm-hmm. There's drug dealing. Mm-hmm. There's there's stolen military weapons to storm the Supreme Court building. Um, and it just. Yeah. Not to mention the helicopter that like lands on the city streets. Right. And I was watching that thinking like, okay, there's really no CGI. So I think they're really buzzing down there in the helicopter. And that's pretty cool. The guy got impeached. So yeah. (laughs) 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 And what is it? The one point, doesn't he like strap a bomb onto, uh, onto Joe before throwing him out the, throwing him out? Yes. And so Joe explodes. like there's the explosion and then you yeah. see the body flailing out of the explosion which just yeah. is awesome yeah that was fun another story from production about this director that i thought was funny there was a stunt where they were going to throw a grenade into a house like into a room and when the explosion went off the director's like no 
no, that, that explosion looked totally lame. Let's reset it up again. And we're going to do it three or four times bigger or whatever, make it three times bigger. So, so when they did it this time, the explosion destroyed all the windows in the house across the street. It blew the doorknob off and threw the wall into the house across the street and demolished their front porch. Yikes. And it was like, and it was so haphazard. They're like, the guy was standing there looking at his house destroyed. They're like, that's a wrap. Moving on to the next thing. (laughs) And that was the day that the president of the homeowners association got impeached. That's awesome. That is awesome. We got to make a bigger explosion and they blow up the neighborhood. I just like go big or go home. See, that's why this movie didn't do as well at the box office. That's the kind of stuff they need to advertise. I mean, could you, could you imagine that now? Like, Hey, this movie and all they advertise is like some dude gets impeached because they rode motorcycles through city hall and landed helicopters on the streets and the pyrotechnics blew up the neighborhood. So I'm going, I'll be at that movie. Seriously. Where impeachment is real. (laughs) This is where, this is where it deserves a lethal weapon to kind of catchphrase. Like, well, I'm the, I'm the future governor of Mississippi. You've just been impeached. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's just been revoked. (laughs) Oh, do we have any favorite quotes from this movie? It's it's got some great lines in this. I mean, great some. We've been talking about the great scenes and the explosions and the all all kinds of other stuff. But um, any lines, any quotes that you? Just well, I think we already didn't. We already do the God forgives the Brotherhood doesn't. I mean, yeah. you gotta. Yeah, that that would be mine. Oh, I remember mine. This is either going to be the biggest pork chop I ever ate. Or my bulldozer. <laughs> I like that one. Uh-huh. Man. You look like a grown-up I... version of Bam Bam. That was good. That was really good. That is outstanding. I I don't know if I've got any quotes, but I've just got like, well, I'm going to go into favorite scenes. I, I mean, so I suppose that that's kind of like a different thing, but there was just... <sighs> The the commitment to the characters, everybody looked like they were having fun. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I mean, it was just like, I mean, and that 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 can be entertaining if people are just having a good time with it, you know. And exactly like you said, um, I, I forget the guy who was Bishop, the the main bad guy. What Chains. was his name? Shane. Yeah, yeah. That guy, like you said, he was stealing the show with with the way he played the bad guy, he looked like he was having fun throughout. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, it's like, so when, when you're having fun, you're putting that little something extra into your lines. You know what I'm saying? And that just kind of comes through. It comes through the camera. It's, uh, it's fun to watch. The interview that I saw with Brian Bosworth, um, the he was being asked, you know, they were like, it looks like you guys had a great time. You know, what was the best day on the set? And he, Brian Bosworth said that the scene where they fought in the pit was his favorite day of the entire shoot. And she said, well, what happened? He's like, well, so I'm shooting this, this fight scene with this guy and I'm throwing punches. And the director's like, nope, you got to do it again. I keep seeing air 
in between your fist and his face. And he's like, there's no way, man, because I feel his whiskers on my knuckles every time I'm swinging. And so they finally were like, all right, well, let's do it. And he said the guy leaned into it oh. and he, he just punched his head off. And by the time he landed, his he had that massive hematoma on his face. He actually had to go to the hospital. And Brian Bosworth said, and that night we had the Motley Crue concert. And so we're, we're like, we'll see you later, dude. We're going to the Motley Crue, the Motley Crue concert tonight. <laughs> Man, so the guy missed Motley Crue. Uh, that punched, rough. had to go to the hospital. That's rough, man. That's rough. Motley Crue in 1990, that was a show, man. That would be one you wouldn't want to miss. No, no, that definitely, definitely not. Okay, all right, I just thought of a quote. So first of all, the one guy that is like his handler, his FBI handler, mm-hmm. um, who I thought the, I thought that the interplay between those two guys was fun. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it oh, was, yeah. it, they, they got along, you know, <laughs> but when he goes to his house and he's like, yeah, I just figured we come over, we go and they walk in and he goes, do you have a dog? And it was like the, the pet lizard is Fido. I'm like, that's outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden the blankets start to move and the gal gets out of bed <laughs> and he looks over, he's like, haven't you ever seen one before? He's like, that not in this condition, <laughs> not, in, not in this condition or not in this Whatever uh-huh. he said was like, oh, not that God, well um, put together. Not that, not that, not that well, well put, put together. together. That's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is wrong. This is so <laughs> wrong. Like 30 years on, I like, oh my God, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, not. Oh, that was that was good. That was good. I, that was good. I figured uh, one of the, one of the lines. Pat, I figured that you would appreciate, isn't it like at the very end, and isn't it, is it when he finally shoots Chains, and it's like the last line he says before he shoots him, mm-hmm. it's something like, uh, imagine the future, Chains, because you're not in it. Yeah. And nice. then he shoots him. Yeah. His own yippee moment. Uh-huh. That's yep. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, <sighs> it's right. Yeah, it's right. He, like, picks him up off the steps He's like got him by the hair and he puts the gun right in his face and he kind of like waves it in his face a little bit. And he's like, imagine the future chains because you're not in it. And then he, and then he pulls the trigger and it just clicks Mm -hmm. and it doesn't actually fire, but then he just kind of pushes him down the stairs. And as he goes tumbling down the stairs, he does one of those little like twirl the gun in his hand for a second. And Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this movie is so ridiculous. It's so much fun. I know. (laughs) I know. And then he just then he just kind of like marches out of the building and that's it. Yeah, Brian Bosworth said his son watched it with him once, and after the after they watched it, his son was like, "Dad, you didn't really save anybody." Yeah, you know, he's yeah. like, "Well, that's kind of beside the point." It was just a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The point was to get the bad guys, not save the good guys. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought it was great at the you know at the end when uh, Lance Henriksen when Chains tries to pull that gun. And then shoot uh, shoot the Boz. Uh, then Reginald Vell Johnson shows up, <laughs> <laughs> and shoots That's him, right. and, and shoots him, and, and he tumbles over the side of the railing, and he's dead. And I, th- I thought that was great. I mean, great callback to to Die Hard. Uh, yeah, Sergeant Al Powell shows up out of nowhere. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, there's. I, there's so many other things we can say about the explosions and motorcycles and everything else. But before we jump into three questions, is there anything else we want to say about stone cold? 
Okay, the first stunt fall in the the, the supermarket shootout, mm-hmm. which like I think it's funny. The guy opens up on the package of Ritz crackers, and it was just like, <laughs> why are we shooting up the Ritz crackers? You know, and there's guns going everywhere. I mean, it's it's just like I said, it's just a. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Not stereotypical '80s action movie, but a a typical. It's it's a it's just an in. I don't know the right word that I'm saying, but it just checks all the boxes for the '80s action movie. Mm-hmm. But where the guy comes running and he's got the water spilled on the floor, and he's just yes. sitting there, just like waiting for the guy to trip. And when the yep. guy slips, I went back and watched that scene like four or five times. And he launches himself into that. I think wasn't it like cans of soda or it's, something? It's cans of I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm actually watching it. I'm watching it on a loop right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It is an impressive fall. Like that. That stunt guy like launches himself in there. Yeah. I mean, it's it is impressive. It's like the angle at which he achieves air is, you know. <laughs> I know, and I think there's isn't there something else where someone falls downstairs or. Yeah. Uh, well, there's there's at the end when chains gets pushed down the stairs. Yeah. Okay. There's that one. I don't know, but there were some there were some impressive stunts happening in this movie too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it went all gas and no brakes on the stunts. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, say what say say what you will, viewers, about like, well, this is a B movie or this isn't any good or it's a cult or whatever. There's still some stunt people doing some pretty incredible things mm-hmm. there. Yep. No CGI, all real explosions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, flying helicopters down city streets and <laughs> getting, getting people impeached, getting people impeached. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, big explosions. I mean, yeah. It's, it, and it I, I gotta fun, say man. that it was a fun ride. I gotta say that black leather, uh, duster coat that he's got on at the beginning. That's pretty super sweet. Yeah. Those things are cool. That's like, uh, that's almost like Neo in the matrix levels of, uh, of uh, long coat sweetness there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still in vogue, but I mean, I remember like right that early nineties. Um, I don't want to say Harley was making its resurgence because Harley was resurgent like through the eighties, but you know, that was like right in that early nineties there, you know, Harley was really hitting on all cylinders and, and it was more that, you know, they were kind of coming back and, and, all those different bikes were out. And then that was, this is when the renegade, you remember the renegade TV show, mm-hmm. Reno Reigns would ride around on his Harley soft tail and dispense justice and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, that was kind of right with the, you know, the bikers, which was kind of like the, the wild West kind of the modern version of the wild West kind of deal. And they would, they wear those jackets. Like you said, it was the long jackets that you'd sometimes see in the West with the mm-hmm. kind of the arm. You know what I'm saying? It just, it had that look that I, that just seems so to me, like right out of that late eighties, early nineties, kind of Harley biker kind of get up, you know, yeah. s- kind of Neo Western ish kind of thing. And yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool threads. It's cool threads. He actually used his own motorcycle. That that yeah. That is his own motorcycle. That's cool. He built it or worked on it or had something to do with constructing it too. Like it wasn't just he owned it. I feel like he like it was his in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Well, and and I know that and I mean that's kind of a big thing with Harley Davidson's, but there's a lot of the, you know, Harley models like like back in the day 
you know, all the bikes that you'd see, Harley had like, and I'm saying back in the day, like 50s and 60s, Harley had like two or three different models of motorcycle. But all the different bikes that you see were custom things guys would do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Guys would like, oh, let's put the big handlebars on there. Let's kick the front end out. Let's spray paint the tank. Let's do, you know, and they do all these different things themselves, right? And then in the 80s, like, well, Harley almost went under, okay? Like in the late 70s, the thing almost folded. In the 80s, they came back. And one of the things that they did was that one of the guys, he was a descendant of one of the uh, original owners. Um, His last name, ironically enough, was Davidson. But Willie G. Davidson, Willie G. became one of the head designers. And he was like not only a descendant of one of the original founders of the company, but he was kind of like, he's a biker dude, right? And so he would like go around and like look at all the different designs that I'm way oversimplifying this, but like he'd look at all the different designs that people would do. And then he would start designing bikes based off that, right? And then not only was Harley making motorcycles that kind of were customs made from the factory, but then there was like the aftermarket catalog. So if you bought one, you know, you go on any website now and configure a car, configure a motorcycle, you know, you can click through the different options and colors and all that. Well, imagine, you know, for every motorcycle, imagine a book of options like as thick as, okay, I'm going to date myself, the Sears and Roebuck catalog, right? right? For each motorcycle. So you'd get that and you could just page through and it's like, which exhaust system do you want? Which carburetor do you want? Which gas tank do you want? Which powder cut, you know, coating finish do you want? You know, so not only could you get your bike right from the factory, how you wanted it, but then you could go to any number of custom shops or chop shops or whatever not to mention if, you know, and I'm not going to, I don't want to assume one or the other. And there were plenty of like people that had the mechanical know-how they'd buy the bike rolling in their garage and, uh, um, they would do what they wanted to it. You know what I'm saying? They'd cut things off or put things on. And I, I want to say, um, that I think, I think that bike he was riding was called the super glide. And I want to say that that model kind of dated back to the 1970s. And what that model was, was, a bike that it was a cool looking bike, but it was like set up for people to buy and customize. Like Harley knew people were going to customize and change it. So they made a bike that was just ready to be customized. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I guess it's an interesting thing if you're into motorcycles. So I'll sit here for the next four hours. You just mute me. I'll just (laughs) talk about motorcycles. for the rest. But if I, but anybody out there listening, if I've got that wrong, you know, please feel free to, uh, attach any corrections to a PlayStation five uh, and mail that to the show and uh, let me know. But yeah, he was, a- Pat has made his price known. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For commentary, but no, sorry. I kind of went off on the motorcycles, but yeah, man, motorcycles are pretty cool. Indeed. I love that. You got a kick out of this, Pat. I love it. Yeah, it was, it was great. And like John said, like five minutes in, like, I'm like, okay, stone cold. And, it was funny. People were asking at Thanksgiving, Hey, how's the show going? What are you working on? And like, Oh, well, we got this coming up and that. And, um, you know, uh, I'm pumping your show to my, all my family. I'm just like, yeah, you got to check you. out the Shirley podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. And thank like, you. Yeah. We, you know, and I, and I just keep saying, oh, this is so cool. We get to know people too. Anyways, long story short, I'm like, well, we're doing stone cold. And like, people like, like uh, Steve Austin. And I'm like, no, it's, it's this movie from the nineties. And that's uh, funny. And I'm like, I, I don't know anything about it, but I'm kind of excited. And uh, 
so and I honestly, this was Thanksgiving. Someone's like, well, let's look it up. And they read through the bio and it's like, okay, cop on the, you know, uh, doesn't like the system and goes undercover. I'm like, okay, well, this sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I hit play on the movie and it came up and I'm like, okay. Okay. Oh, this is awesome. Okay. I'm, <laughs> this, is, this is, this is great. This, this will definitely get a rewatch like every month or every yes. couple of months. It's just so much fun. Pat, <laughs> Pat, Pat hit play. And the next thing you know, he starts hearing. <laughs> it's the love story of the ages, Pat motorcycles and explosions. <laughs> True. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was a fun movie. Did you happen to tell your family that you were going to be recording? So pulling pulling back the curtain for everybody. Did you tell your family you're going to be recording It's a Wonderful Life and Stone Cold on the same night? <laughs> I did. I did. So, I did. so like, for anybody anybody listening to this, uh, you, you get a little uh, peek into the making of the podcast. Uh, earlier tonight, we recorded It's a Wonderful Life, and then we switched gears into Stone Cold. <laughs> Just a little bit of a different movie, so, you know. You know, yeah. ends, ends of the spectrum. Yes. We all got a little misty at first on the first movie. And this yeah. one just, we want to ride motorcycles. That's into, right. Into helicopters. Miss, right. Yeah. <laughs> into helicopters. <laughs> so, so every so time, every time a state's attorney gets impeached, an angel gets. <laughs> every time an explosion dings, a state's attorney gets impeached. <laughs> every time a motorcycle goes into a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have one interesting thing before three questions. I I got one thing. Yeah, man. So, John, you may know more. You probably know more about this than I do, but the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Mm -hmm. it they show old movies and they bring people in, and it's kind of a you know movie as community type of thing. And so the guy in charge really wanted to show Stone Cold, right? So he wanted to show Stone Cold, and some of the guys in the movie actually live in the Austin area, including Brian Bosworth. So he talked to some of his coworkers, and he's like, hey, we need to get our hands on a, a print of the film Stone Cold. And one guy said, I've been looking for eight years. It doesn't exist. They're gone. There's no prints of Stone Cold anywhere in existence. And he's like, no, I'm still going to go get it. So starts making some some calls and he chases this lead and that lead. And it finally lands on a guy in Canada who has an old drive in and he calls the dude up and he's like, there, you know, the, the guy gets wind that he's looking for. And he's like, I've got one movie that I own and it's stone cold. <laughs> and so some dude in little Podunkville in Canada had, had a copy of it for his drive in. And that's how they got the show at the draft that's house. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. That's outstanding. I, I wish I wish there were more theaters like Alamo Draft House. Like I wish we had more theaters like that up here because not only I mean I've been to the ones there's a couple of them, there's more than a couple in Austin. And you know, every time I go down there, I try to go see a movie at the Alamo Draft House. And I they've got a bunch of other locations now, not just in Texas. Um but I just I love everything that they do, like the whole experience of going to the Alamo Draft House, because you can go see movies you'd never see anywhere else. Um, you know, they really do a lot to, you know, just push the whole the whole art of film and like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole experience of it. And I love that they make a point, you know, even going to movies with my kids there. I love that they make a point. And they're like, hey, 
If you try to walk in and the movie's already started, we're not going to ruin somebody else's experience. You don't get to come in. Like if nice. you talk, if you talk, you're getting kicked out. And like they're, I mean, they're real upfront about it. They're like, this is an experience for people when you come to the movie theater, and we're not ruining it for anybody. So if anybody messes this up, you're going to be asked to leave right now. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> having That's gone, right. to, having gone to plenty of movies where there's like teenagers giggling, you know, three rows behind you, and it's a serious movie or or whatever. I'm like, nope. Yep. I when I go to the theater, if I'm going to plop down the money to go to a movie. I want that full movie experience and I I want it I want it preserved. I want that sacred. And I've just I've always loved what they do and I've always loved how they really try to show movies you'd never see anywhere else. Um you know, they really try real hard to get those. Um I actually was looking at trying to look up real quick. Um they actually mentioned that um, it was on one of the Alamo Drafthouse websites, uh, and I didn't see this anywhere else, that originally Stone Cold got an NC-17 rating because of how violent it was. Okay. So I, I could see that. Plus, you know, strippers. Yep. Well, that too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But then, not- and Pat, you'll, you'll appreciate the... the um, the description they put in here for the movie. So this is from Alamo Drafthouse website. Um, a former stunt coordinator behind the camera, a former NFL player in the lead role, a script from a writer for Peyton Place. What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Stone Cold is a movie that should. <laughs> Stone Cold is a movie that shouldn't be. It's an exceptionally violent. It originally got an NC-17 for it. Biker gang epic featuring gratuitous nudity, including pervasive male shirtlessness. Lance Henriksen as a baddie named Chains and explosions of everything, including the Ritz crackers. <laughs> including the Ritz crackers. Oh, that's awesome. Very nice. Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> Clean up on all four. There you go. How are you going to talk your way out of this one? You got to clean up on aisle four. <laughs> all right. On that note, We've got three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. God may have mercy on your soul, but the Brotherhood won't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question number one. What's your favorite movie with a cop who plays by his own rules? Which, is there any other kind? This one I thought was a challenge for me because I kept going, I don't know. I just, there's so many options. There's so many. And, yeah. and right, be- right before we started recording, I actually said to Jason, I'm like, I've really been struggling with. No, wait. Nah, I got it. <laughs> it was it was easy. Demolition Man is going to be mine. Wow. Yep. I cannot wait until we get to talk about that one. I, okay. That is that is my Jason. I think I think the love that you have. And, and I say this 
I really enjoyed this movie. I loved watching this movie. I had so much fun with this movie. So when I call it stupid, it's <laughs> not because it's not because I didn't like it. I think the enjoyment you have for this stupid movie is going to be the exact same enjoyment I have for Demolition Man. Yeah, okay. Because I fully admit Demolition Man is a stupid movie, and I absolutely love it. Rock so, on, man. That's great. I, I, can't, I can't wait to talk about Demolition Man. So that's mine. Favorite cop, favorite movie with a cop who plays by his own rules and clearly does not know <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the seashells is Demolition Man. Okay. <laughs> he just, the three seashells. He doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> uh, do I get to go next? Yeah, go you for it. You do. Okay. My favorite movie with a cop who plays by his own rules. There's only one answer for this. And it's absolutely Martin Riggs, Lethal Weapon. Yes. All right. 100%. <laughs> right. Right. Go, he goes up, handcuffs the guy, brings him down. That's right. What? What's the problem? You want him down? He's down. <laughs> do you want to jump? Do you want to? <laughs> really? Do you want to? Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> I got nothing better to do. <laughs> I got no place to be. I can't yeah. remember which one is this. Let's do it, man. <laughs> oh. All right. Two excellent offerings so far, Bo. Well, I struggled with this one because the obvious answer I want to always give is John McClane. Um, uh-huh. So because... Because Martin Riggs is already off the table, I think I'm going to go with John McClane. <laughs> because that was the two. I was, oh, man, you should have seen him. I'm like, ooh, is John McClane outside the box enough for this question? Sure. But mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go John McClane. Yes. Well done. Well done. From the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Exactly. Indeed. It's true. Exactly. You're in good company here. If Jeff and Dennis were on, there might be like an uh, argument. We'd have a that. fight about Christmas movies, <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I am going to. I I have two. Okay, and and I have two, and it's going to be like before the '80s, and like, uh, uh, you know, first of all, Dirty Harry Callahan. Mm, yeah, there you nice. go. Okay, um, got to do Dirty Harry Callahan. But honestly, I think the for, for me, like uh, greatest actor ever on the silver screen, and uh, um, Steve McQueen as Frank Bullitt, and I think like I'm going to mention too because like I mean I think the way he played, you know, the way he played Frank Bullitt, it uh, kind of opened things up for later of those police movies where it's the guy that just kind of does his own thing, type of thing. So I'm I'm going to put two in there. I'm going to say Harry Callahan and Frank Bullitt. Nice. Nice. Like it. All right. Question number two. Who is your favorite FBI slash federal agent in a movie? Mm-hmm. This one, I was still having a little bit of trouble kind of narrowing it down. I, my original, I don't want to steal anybody else's answer, but I think the one I'm going to go with. My fun answer is Sean Archer from Face Off. Okay. That's my okay. fun answer. My actual answer is probably going to be... I'm going to go with uh, Elliot Ness from The Untouchables. Nice. Solid. Good one. That one's good. 
I'm so glad you didn't take what I thought you might take. What'd you think I was going to take? Well, I thought you were going to take my answer. Oh, what's your answer? My answer for the best FBI agent in a movie is absolutely Johnny Utah FBI. Yeah. <laughs> Point break. Uh, there it Most is. Definitely. I kind of thought is. I kind of thought Pat was going to go for that one, but I'm pl- I'm I'm batting cleanup because I just want to. I've got so many. I want them to be narrowed down by the time I get there. So I like all your answers. So yeah, but Pat, if you go for that one too, then I can say, hey guys, give me two. Hey Utah, <laughs> <laughs> give me two. Me two. <laughs> oh man, I'm still going to get you that T-shirt, Pat. I just got to find. I one. know, <laughs> I know. <sighs> Okay, so we got Johnny Utah. Yep. We have Elliot Ness. Bo Warmbold. So the fun pick is the two Johnsons from Die Hard. Because yeah. that's uh, funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just funny. Special Agent Johnson. No, the other one. No, the other one. <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's just fantastic. Are you guys related? We are not related. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but I think if I was really going to like really sit down and think about it, I might go Carl Hanratty from catch me if you can. Nice. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. No, no pressure, Pat. Okay. So I've got like eight left over. Um, honestly, I think one of my, I love the fast and furious franchise. I love it. I like cannot wait to see. I think the new one is out, right? Like, like it came out sometime. Yeah, wasn't wasn't. Yeah, I feel like we've been waiting to watch it, so I got to look that up. Yeah, yeah, because you, Bo, you guys watch Fast and Furious. Oh my God, Donna loves them. Okay, so finally, (laughs) she gets a little. She gets a little wrapped up in the fact, like she wants him to be more about the cars. Yeah, like the fact that they're an action movie now. Sort of, she loves the first one. The second one, not so much yeah. Tokyo Drift, but those early few she loves. Oh, um, yeah. But she's sort of along for the ride now. You kind of have to be. Well, they like. So we just they, watched. We did a marathon this past summer, I guess. That's We've awesome. seen them all up to the new one. Okay. Well, like, can we, like, can you and Donna have a date night and then I'll be the third wheel? Because there's no one else in my life that will talk to me about the Fast and Furious. <laughs> like, some of the some of the 13-year-olds at school will, but, I mean, it's, um, right. yeah. And, right. and what great movies that it's like you have the original and then you have the spinoffs and then they bring the original cast back. Then they bring the original cast back and add The Rock. Then they bring the original right. cast back and add The Brock and Gina Carano, and then they add Jason Statham, and then they make them good guys, and then it's just, and then the car chases on the ice against a submarine. I mean, right. it's just like, which is what? ridiculous, but so good. When, when, you're, <laughs> when, when you're in a Lamborghini with spiked tires, I mean, I'm just like, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm seeing some parallels. Yeah, I. Uh, so, um, Jason, do you watch any of the Fast movies or? Not so much. Okay. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a fun ride. Okay. Okay. But you got it. Like you got to start with the first one because it does set it all up. Yes. And if you like anything, if you like cars, the first couple are amazing because they do focus a lot more on the cars. Right. Right. I've managed to dodge those. Like I had, it's a wonderful life. But but if you guys are endorsing them, then I can get on board. I, I can get behind anything the rock is in. 
Yes. So all the new ones, I'm in. And then I am going to beat your butt like a <laughs> Cherokee drum. <laughs> Talking about good lines. Oh, oh good. Oh, I'm watching all the Fast and Furious movies tonight. I am not sleeping. It was the best marathon ever, Pat. We watched it, like one every other day for a week and a half or something. It was fantastic. That is yeah. that is so good. So that's that's I, another that's another series I have not seen any of those movies. Oh, and I, I I'm I'm one it's one of those that I want to get to the point where like I just need a long vacation and I need a copy of every single one of them and I will work my way through. I'll do a marathon like you guys are doing. Um but now at this point I'm just like I, I feel like I'm just need to watch them back to back in some kind of a marathon deal. Oh. You, yeah, no, I haven't seen is, any of them. This is how often we watch them. We still have trouble with four, five, and six knowing which order they actually go in. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll start talking about it. We'll be like, oh, that's the one that's coming up. And we'll get about 10 minutes in. We'll be like, no, that's yeah. the next one. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. they just happen and, you know, they, they all exist in this big world and you just mm-hmm. sort of get lost in it. Yeah. And which one has the fight with um, – um, it's it's uh, Letty. Is that Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah, Michelle Rodriguez. So she and comes Gina back Carano. in – she first comes back in six, so the fight has to be in seven, right? And it's her and Gina Carano, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that's just like an amazing. And uh, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying that like the girl fight. Like, I mean, no, dang, <laughs> that is an awesome fight. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty awesome fight. Yeah. And then doesn't one of them have Wonder Woman in it? Yep, she's in a couple of yeah. them. Uh-huh. She's really subtle in the first one she's in. You don't really realize it's her. And then you were like. But that was, huh? And then she shows up again with a bigger role. But in the first one she's in, you sort of miss her if you're not really paying attention. Yeah. And then, yeah, she's awesome in that. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, everybody that wants to watch him just earbuff it. But I mean, in the, not the last one, but the one before, when Jason Statham and his brother parachute into the plane to get the kid out. <laughs> They're carrying the kid through the plane. Yeah, and he keeps turning them the other. Way. I'm sorry, you had to see that. I'm sorry, you had to <laughs> just it's so it is yeah. so good. It's it is good. Nuts. They're nuts, but they're great. I mean, I, I know, I know. <clears throat> All right, well, so I I have a list. Uh, what was the of... question? What was the question? Uh, <laughs> FBI, FBI agent. Yeah, the question was FBI <laughs> agent. We're working on there. Oh, FBI agent. So um, I have my I have my list now. I did look it up, and I have my list now of how to watch these in order. Apparently, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I guess it's not if you want to do them in like chronological story order, it's not when they were released. It's no, there's a little fudgy in there with because yeah. Vin Diesel disappears for one. And yeah, well, apparently you're not supposed to watch Tokyo Drift until after Fast and Furious six. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. But yes. Yeah. Just watch so them is, and get excited and be like, wait, the, what? What? Honestly, fast... watch, you know what? With something you've never seen before. I would honestly watch them in the order they were made because even though yeah. the stories do overlap that way, mm-hmm. you got to figure as they were making them, they know what came before that. Yeah. yeah. So the story's done in such a way. The thing I, the problem I have with messing with the order in these particular movies is, <laughs> especially Paul Walker, mm-hmm. age is weird if you watch him that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because in the first one, he's a baby. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. Um, but hey, you know, 
Any Dude, order you, any order you watch him you. in, you get a healthy dose of Jordana Brewster, and that's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. Michelle Rodriguez. Well, yeah, I did nothing. We just hadn't mentioned Miss yeah. Brewster yet, and that's a good point. Did you, uh, Pat? To, that should be done. Pat, before you got off on race cars, did you ever give your uh, federal agent? Oh yeah, uh, Jim West from Wild Wild West. No, <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> nicely no. done. Seriously, I was gonna say I, I had two, and it was uh, it was like uh, I, I love uh, Will Smith, so I would say Jim West from Wild Wild West. But I just wasted everyone's time for the last hour with uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious, so I am gonna say. Uh, Brian Spilner slash Brian O'Connor from um, wait is it Brian O'Connor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, from um, uh, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, well right. done. So, and and what a tragedy with Paul Walker. And, yeah. And I I know that as of recently they've kind of gotten into some, you know, the feud between various actors and all that kind of stuff. But I want to say Vin Diesel and Paul Walker were pretty close. Yeah, they and were I thought, thick as thieves. And and I thought they um they they signed off um Paul Walker nicely at the end of the one film mm-hmm. when you know when he passed and and uh yeah. yeah. So anyways, I really liked In the his same character. film where they parachuted cars out of the back of a plane with people yes. driving them. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's the one. Yep. That's it's outstanding. Yes, it was. Um uh, but no, I thought he was great. All right, question number three. Who is your favorite athlete turned actor? Ooh, see, I have a controversial one here. Ooh, I'm curious to know. <laughs> well, because I, I tend to go for the funny picks on because, honestly, I love my action movies, don't get me wrong, but a comedy brings a smile to my face. And so when I think of, like, athletes turned actors the first one that pops into my head is oj simpson and i can't i can't help but picture him as nordberg and it's just oh my I, Lord, I love i love that but it's i shouldn't pick that as my favorite because that's just wrong but you know it's a killer part yeah i'm gonna think about it in a minute i might have another one at the end but i'm gonna go with that off the top of my head i think that's a great choice Separate the man from the movie, and that is a hilarious part in a super funny movie. Yeah. And he was a spectacular athlete in college. Without a doubt. And the pros, yeah. Without a doubt. But, man, what a nut. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, you have a – Yeah. Okay. So, for mine – Absolutely, 100%. My favorite athlete turned actor mm-hmm. is former professional baseball player, Kurt Russell. There you go. There it is. There it is. Yep. yep. Solid. That was that was one of the ones when I was looking up a list of them, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't help him get the part of Bull Durham, though. Well, no. yeah. <laughs> wasn't pretty enough. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's an awesome choice. And you. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I had to go on because <clears throat> there's like the ones that I don't want to say everybody knows, but I mean, there's like the common ones where you 
You know what I'm saying? And then there was a bunch of actors that I'd like went down the list. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't know that that guy was that gifted in the sport or whatever, all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that definitely complicated it. I'm as long winded as I got on the last question. I'm going to be brief on this one. Um, I'm going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger just because I love watching him. I love the um, movies he's in, the movies he's done, the whole thing. I know we've talked about Commando, the whole deal. And um, um, so I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. Good one. Nice. Um, I had a whole list of people going here. Oh, I mean, that I, we already spoke of the rock very heavily, but he's well, a great example. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, he's, I think he's my, I think he might be my choice. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Dwayne Johnson might be my choice for that. Just, just cause he, I mean, so many, he does comedy so well, he does the mm-hmm. action so well, you know, he's just, if you haven't seen jungle cruise, I have to recommend it. It's quite good. We, mm-hmm. We've been told we're not allowed to watch it because we're going to watch it together on one of our quieter days when we go to Florida uh, over winter break. So There you go. My, apparently my mom really wants to watch it, so she's like, don't watch it. Okay. We're, we're watching it together. I, yeah, I can highly recommend it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I had a short little list going. I was like, all right, well, there's if I go for if I go for as a kid, back when I watched Blazing Saddles when I was way too young to see it, you've got Alex Karras. Um, also yeah. the dad, also the dad in Webster. Um, you've got, I'm a little surprised nobody mentioned Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. A little surprised about that one. I'm wondering if you're going to get uh, the other one I had. Uh, I was also going to mention Carl Weathers. Yeah. 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 He was on my list somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I gotta go, I gotta go to the rock. There you go. What was, did, did I get both of yours, Bo? The other one, the other, another comedy pick, but it was Bob Euchre. Oh, Okay. Just. Yes. <laughs> hey, I was hoping that Pat was going to mention FBI agent or special agent Starling. There you from, go. Oh yeah. You know, Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time you watched that one, right? That was the first time I seen that one. Yeah. I yeah. I was, I was a little was surprised good. for the FBI agent. Nobody mentioned uh, Mulder from X Files. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. True. All right. (sighs) That's going to do it for three questions, and that's going to do it for this very special, kind of a special thanks to Jason and special thanks to all of our Twitter friends who got us over the 2,000 follower mark. Um, So this episode has been for you, friends. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it. Just as nobody got impeached in the making of this episode <laughs> uh, that we know of. It's still is, early. It's it's you know a day and over yet. Um, <laughs> that movie's coming up soon. Um, yeah. Actually, Jeff and I were kind of joking about that earlier. Like every once in a while, we we kind of say that during school. Hey, have you killed anybody today? Day and over yet. yet. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, if you want to find us, 30podcast.com is our website. Uh, we're at 30podcast on most of the different social media stuff. Um, haven't done TikTok yet. Probably not going to. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to see us doing TikTok stuff. Probably not. I mean, yeah, no. No, that's no. not necessary. Not, I'm, not that, I'm not that adventurous. Um Don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows in the Scene Stealers podcast network by heading over to scenestealersglobal.com. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let everybody know kind of what our next uh, episode's coming up for for the next, like, month and a half, couple of months here. Uh, but before we do that, why don't you, uh, Jason, why don't you tell us where we can find the Shirley podcast? Shirley Can't Be Serious podcast. You can find it at Shirley Podcast on Facebook and at Shirley Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to have you come over there for uh, for that. Yeah, and absolutely, if you have not been listening to their show, go check it out. Because start, it is start always, listening. always a good time. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Always a good time. All right. Uh, so let's see what we got coming up uh, in the rest of December. So our month of December, um, we've got our It's a Wonderful Life Patreon episode coming up. Um, I'm sure we'll put out a preview for that one. But if you want to hear the whole thing, you're going to have to head over to Patreon and become a co-executive producer over there. Any level of support, you get access to those bonus episodes. So go check that one out. Uh, next week, after this one, we got coming up um, next week or, or maybe within a few days or so, we've got Night on Earth is going to be coming up. Then we've got uh, The Giver. Oh, The Giver. Um, then we've got uh, My Own Private Idaho is after that one. Homicide is after that. And then we end the year with City Slickers. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yes. Um, and then January. If you're looking ahead to January and you want to watch some movies to kind of stay caught up with us, uh, our Patreon episode for January is To Kill a Mockingbird, 1962. It's hitting its 60th anniversary this year or actually next year, 2022. And then uh, our first official uh, regular episode movie of the year will be Lethal Weapon 3, followed yes. by followed Speaking by Hoffa. Speaking of Martin Riggs. There you go. Uh, followed by Hoffa, followed by My Cousin Vinny, and then Passenger 57. These two utes. Is it My Cousin utes? Vinny. What's, what's a ute? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Youths. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. That's a great January. I'm, I'm excited for that. Oh, I fun, haven't seen Passenger start. 57 in a long time, but I remember enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was when he was just making movies left and right, man. Yeah. So we got some good, good stuff coming up here. So, thank you so much, Jason, for being with us. Yeah, Guys, thanks, thanks for, for having me, man. This was great. Yeah. Fun to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having well, me, and thanks for doing. I mean, this was kind of a you know something I was prodding you on so oh yeah thanks for letting me prod you oh, you absolutely. have restored the faith in our show something like i said <laughs> one got through on us you know what i'm saying and 1991 is now whole because we were able to review this movie that's all i'm saying i'm so glad that you feel that way yeah man let's go blow some crap up yeah i'm gonna go dig out the firecrackers go out in the backyard (laughs) i kind of feel like pat's gonna feel the same way about this movie as i did after i saw uh, v for vendetta Mm -hmm. i'm like i like walked out of that movie because i saw that movie in imax and i walked out of that movie i was like all right so i'm not i'm not a terrorist (laughs) remember remember i mean i feel like the houses of parliament and big ben have got to go Uh, love yes. that one. Right. Love that one. All right, Bo. It was good to see you again. We haven't seen you in a little while. It's good nice to, to have see you back, everybody. This was great to have the the band back together. You know, the band. Yeah, the band, Elwood. The, the band. band. And God bless the United States of America. Always. <laughs> and Patrick, it's always a good time. Yeah, John. Thank you so much. This is always great. Bo, so great seeing you again. You guys take care. Jason, thank you so much, and please give our best to D, and we'll look forward to hearing you guys again soon. That's it. That's it. Good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you next time. All right. Sounds take good. it easy. 
All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.